I have a laser. <clears throat> you can put up the first slide whenever. Well, while the first slide's going up, I'll say hello. My, de- my name is Debbie Knott, as uh, a lot of you know, all of you, I think. And um, as I had explained earlier, because of the candy, that um, I'm a veterinary technician, and um, it's like a nurse for animals, as Becca explained. Um, and I work for a specialty practice here in town. It's over in, uh, like, Manchester. And I'm um, going to briefly go over the job of a technician um, is that we work directly with the patients, and our patients are animals. So I don't know if I could work with humans. I know you say, I love humans. That's great, because I love animals, and I'd rather work with them. Um, and I work also with veterinarians, obviously, and owners to get the compliance to do what they need to do for their pets. Um, some of our jobs or duties include drawing blood and running some blood tests, um, taking x-rays, assisting in surgery, inducing and maintaining anesthesia, and, of course, bedside or cage-side manners, um, which would be like the treatments, taking vitals, and administering medications. Uh, we do not diagnose, um, as like nurses don't diagnose, doctors do. Same thing with us. Um, any sickness or injury, um, that's the doctor's job. And we work closely with the vet um, to educate uh, clients uh, for the best, for their pet's best life. Um, and these are some of my pets and son. Um, this is Bella there, and obviously Caleb. This is a little older picture, and this is my horse, Pacer. And Caleb, this was last winter, so it's a little bit older, but you can do the next slide. <clears throat> Bella is 10 years old, and that's kind of a dark. I didn't know that pictures can be so dark. But anyway, she's a 10-year-old. She's a lab mix. Um, she looks like a golden retriever, only she's black. She's a mix. Um, and that is actually Riggs, my sister's horse, but uh, Caleb was on him just a few weeks ago when he was out at uh, the place where he's staying with my uncle. He's a six-year-old quarter horse. Mine is Pacer, the last slide, and he's a 16-year-old quarter horse. Okay, so you can go to the next slide. Let's talk about why we have pets. Um, I'll take some questions at the end if you guys have questions, uh, and if it gets too long, I can answer them afterwards. Um, They, most of the time, let's see what we have. <clears throat> they're companions for us, um, and they may, may assist us in some duties like working or a support dog. Uh, we may use them as a tool. Some you know people use them for hunting, that kind of thing. Support dogs also include helping people uh, that may have a handicap, search and rescue dogs, police dogs, and a uh, guard dog for your house. But for most of us, they're our companions. Um, this gives us, as owners, um, the responsibility to take care of their well-being. They cannot decide what their diet will be, when to exercise, or when they need to go see the doctor. Um, So I hope we can talk about a few simple topics that will answer some of these questions. Um, You can go to the next slide. What do we have here? Okay, I hope I just gave you guys a lot of pictures to look at because I think it's fun to look at slides. Um, Most pets uh, we get as young animals, we adopt them, um, from a breeder, maybe we get them from, um, or adopt them from a shelter, a breeder, maybe even a rescue. Um, this poses many responsibilities right at the, at the very beginning. <clears throat> if you bought or adopted your pet from a reputable breeder, rescue, or pound, you should get some sort of health history. If not, I recommend finding a veterinarian and taking your new family member, if I can say that, um, <clears throat> to get him or her checked out. 
to get you guys off to the right start. Puppies usually need a series of vaccines to avoid getting fatal diseases. And since I work at a specialty um, practice and we also do uh, have emergency clinic there, we do see some pets that have some of these fatal diseases. I don't know necessarily where they get them from, um, if it's like bad uh, living conditions, that kind of thing, or they're out running in the wild or whatever. But um, So I have seen some of these, so it is good to vaccinate your pet. Um, so depending on the place where you got your pet or the age, how old you got it, um, he may have um, intestinal worms. I know a lot of times puppies will just get worms from, her, from their mother. Um, and that's just kind of how the system works. But anyway, so they need to be treated um, as a young pet so they can grow and get the proper nutrition. And we'll get into nutrition a little bit later. If, you, if an older stray has claimed you for its new home, then it's good to try to find the owner first. Don't just like keep the dog if you think you like it and it's got a good personality. But if none is found, then in the household um, is mutual about keeping this new family member, um, you should also get it checked out because you don't know its um, health history. You can go to the next slide. Um, so you may be thinking, what do I need to feed my pet? I know we were just talking about puppies. And um, so let's talk about that. Um, puppies and kittens should have higher calorie diets um, for their growing bodies than, and they also have higher metabolisms. Um, for instance, large breed dogs um, have special diets that are formulated to grow bones fast because the Dane is gonna need a lot more calcium and they're just gonna grow so much faster than uh, a dachshund. And um, let's see, there are so many different kinds of diets. You can go to the next slide. Um, so many different kinds, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and you will need to decide what's best for you and your pet. So um, some different things that we might um, look for in a diet is what is your dog's breed? Um, is it, you know, big dog, little dog, that kind of thing. Um, and job related, if it's a hunting dog or a sporting dog, you're going to want it to have more protein. You can look at the label and find that out. Um, that goes to activity level, age, obviously puppy, uh, older geriatric dog isn't going to need as much calories. Um, they also have prescription diets for um, sometimes some certain breeds will uh, tend to um, get stoned in their bladder and so you can get diets to help with that. Or if they have kidney issues, you can get a low protein diet. <clears throat> There's lots of prescri prescription diets out there now. Also, if you have a pregnant or a nursing dog, then um, she would uh, have a lot more calories because of um, feeding all the babies. For cats, there's not, I don't think, as many. There's still all the prescription stuff, um, and there's um, bladder stones there, food allergies, that's a big deal, um, or hairball, weight loss, that kind of thing. And um, if you have an indoor-outdoor cat, uh, how, like, active they are, which hopefully they are active. Um, you can go to the next slide. What does it have? Okay, lots of eating animals. Um, <clears throat> are you on slide number seven? Is it? Yes? Okay, good. That's what I want. Um, diets, uh, let's see. Okay, we talked about all that stuff. Um, okay, you can go to the next site. And I'm sure we've all been down uh, the dog or cat food aisle at the local uh, supermarket and have seen the vast variety of foods. And I'm not going to go into all these. There's a bazillion of them out there. And um, Remember that you can uh, select your food uh, according to what your pet needs, what you can afford, because dog food can be, or cat food can be really expensive. And um, that those bags and all the colorful, they're marketing to you. 
and not really what your dog may need. Um, all the food coloring in dog food and stuff isn't really needed. So that's because the owner likes to see, oh, it's brown for whatever, you know, chicken, and it's you know, dark brown for gravy or something. Anyway, um, that's for you. Um, and another example of this is that, like I said before, a working dog's going to need a little higher protein uh, diet. And um, the most... Oh, on the bags themselves, if you're a new pet owner or whatever, on the bags themselves, or if you've had a dog for a long time, you're like, well, I'm just going to feed him this, whatever. But on the back, it should show how much you should feed your dog according to the size or whatever um, that it is. So you can follow that accordingly, and you may have to um, give a little more or take a little less, whatever. And if you ask your pet, uh, okay, you can go to slide eight. Are you on slide eight? Okay. Oh, okay, that's good. Okay. Um, if you ask your pet how much he or she wants to eat, most dogs or cats or whatever will never leave the bowl empty. Cats are a little bit better about it, but um, they're just going to eat all that they want. So that's why you feed them those portions. Um, okay, you can go to the next slide. Okay, um, so the animal weight chart. Okay. Uh, don't let your pet get overweight. It's... Um, bad for their health. Um, it can cause lots of health problems. And I see a lot, I mean, I work in a specialty practice, so we do a lot of knee surgeries. And I would say most of the dogs, it's because they're overweight for, for the knee surgeries. They've torn their ACL. And um, those vets are making lots of money because people just, not all people, but the dogs that come in are mostly overweight. But it, it can also cause um, breathing problems and then um, mobility problems and also heart disease. Okay, and then the next slide, I'm gonna try to go through this a little bit fast. I don't know if you guys can see those dogs. Um, <clears throat> this is a system, I've seen this chart for a long time um, that Purina put out, and you've got everything from emaciated, very thin, thin, underweight, ideal, so there's kind of five right there, overweight, heavy, obese, and gross obese. Now, uh, overweightness is a little one of my, Megan, what is so funny? Okay. I don't think Moses is so fat. I haven't seen him recently, but you'll see a fat dog on here, and you can tell me if Moses isn't that fat. But anyway, so um, I was going to go through kind of the descriptions of each of these, but I don't think we will. But ideal, so on this dog, you can still see, basically, he looks very muscular. Um, you, you think you see his ribs a little bit, but this dog up here that's very thin, um, you can definitely see his ribs. So this is kind of what you want. Um, this dog's getting a little chunky. You think, oh, he still has a waistline. Mm, not really. So, so, so anyway, and of course, that's grossly obese. So I'm going to skip that description. Um, like I said, okay, you can go to the next slide. And, oh, here's this one. This is a big one for dachshunds because if you're overweight dachshunds, you, it can um, cause disc disease. And so this is what you want, this slide right, or this picture right here is to see their waist. Anyway, this says, um, I don't care what my doc says, I'm still hungry. So there's one of those dogs that will never empty his bowl. Um, <clears throat> okay, you can go to the next slide. Okay, so these are very obese dogs. It's, I think it is. Now, it didn't have a picture. These are just images that I Google off of Google. But it almost looks like this dog is full of air, but 
so I don't know really the story on this dog, but this dog, I've seen dogs like this and dogs like this. And it just looks, and so the moral of the story is don't let your dog be lazy. And also, you know, don't let them, don't feed them too much and don't let them eat way too much. Okay, so we'll move on now. You can, yeah, go to the next one. Um, so let's exercise. Um, you, dogs, you can get them together with other dogs or play. Um, this one, I w went to, um, I don't know, Petco over on Manchester, and they had like a doggy daycare. And it was great because they had big dogs and little dogs, and Caleb loved looking at them. But they can get around and mess around with other dogs. And also, you know, take them out, let them do, give them a job. Um, I was watching the dog whisper one time, and that's what he said is that um, give your dog a job, you know, whatever. Make them fetch, that kind of thing. Um, but anyway, they're out exercising. You can go to the next slide. Um, so here's these dogs playing. Um, for dogs who have arthritis, um, swimming is a great exercise because uh, you're still moving your joints, but it's uh, not really um, weight-bearing. Um, so swimming is a great exercise. And there's, you know, of course, lads love to swim. Okay, <clears throat> you can go to the next slide. And we're going to talk a little bit about nail trimming. Now, this says most animals do not um, like getting their nails trimmed, but it's something you can do at home. Um, yes, you can do it. Cats are a little bit easier as far as um, if they will tolerate it because their nails, you can see them a lot better. And um, they're just, they're, they're a little longer. Um, dogs, it's a little harder, but this is basically what you want to do. Um, the angle of the cut. The quick on dogs, depending on the breed and their activity level, can be short or long. So you just want to take off a little bit of time or a little bit at a time. White nails are easier to see than black nails. My dog has all black nails, but I trim nails all the time at work, so I kind of know. Um, you can go to the next slide. There is some more pictures of basically what you, you kind of want to just trim, not the quick. The quick is going to be the blood supply here. And if you do quick your dog and you decide to try to trim nails at home or whatever, um, they usually won't let you trim them again. And they're kind of scarred because they're like, dude, no, you made me hurt last time. But anyway, here's a couple different kinds. Um, I don't know the name of this one. This one is a Rusco, and that works okay. It's kind of like a guillotine thing. Um, we have both of these kinds at work. I call this the green and black because it has a green and black handle. I don't really know its name. This one is a Miller Forge. And these two are quite a bit smaller, and they're good for cats, um, birds. You can trim their nails, guinea pigs, rabbits, all that kind of thing. <clears throat> and I think that's everything on that. Um, okay, you can go to the next slide. Um, some more nails. This is a little picture of kind of a close-up of you're just cutting that long piece off there. Now, um, this is a new thing that they've come out on the market. I have never tried this myself. Um, what do my notes say? Um, I've what? Oh, I've heard that. I don't know. I guess the, the marketing company on this was like, oh well, these kind just hurt their nails so bad. Well, it may be true um, that when you um, when when you go to cut the outside of the nail and you could crush the quick, which is the inside, um, it can be painful for them. So of course they don't want you to do that. Um, this, I guess if your pet will tolerate it, and um, you, that is great. It's just like a filing them down, and um, it'll take a little bit of practice. But, okay, now let's talk about teeth. Wow. Um, <laughs> yes, you need to brush your dog's or cat's teeth. You can go to the next slide. I'm just going to go by slides. 
You can hand, you can do them by hand. Um, and here's kind of a toothbrush. There's, when I was looking for these pictures, there's all kinds of little kits that you can do to brush your teeth. Um, or if you don't want to do this, and I, on my notes, I have daily or weekly or monthly or dot, dot, dot. Like, I don't really brush my teeth, dog, dog teeth. Um, or th the way the vet does it is under anesthesia, and uh, because the cats or dogs won't hold their mouth open. And it's good to get them done, probably middle age and maybe every other year or so after that. Um, small dogs and greyhounds are uh, more prone to dental disease, and then their teeth get really nasty. You can go to the next slide. So that, that teeth is dirty, or those teeth are dirty in the mouth. And they do get, their breath really does stink. And then that one's clean, and there's a toy you can get to help, and then or you can do it by your finger um, if your dog would tolerate it, or that has another brush. You can go to the next slide. Okay, let's talk a little bit about grooming. Um, basically, it's pick your preference. There's all kinds of tools out there, um, depending on what your dog or cat hair. Um, most animals will tolerate it pretty well. And... Um, if they have long, tangled hair, then it's going to hurt because you're pulling the skin. You can go to the next slide. Um, bathing. Um, you don't want to bathe them too much, um, probably just once a week at the very most. Um, and then there's some more clippers and brushes. And it's good to brush them. I don't really brush my dog very often. I probably could do it more. You can go to the next slide. Um, and then clippers. Um, for scissors, it's um, I would stay away from scissors on your dog because... It's, especially if you have sharp scissors, it's really easy to get too close and cut the skin, and then you're dealing with bleeding and whatever. Um, obviously, this one, you know, it's been done by a groomer. Um, yes? I wouldn't say, no. I shave my dog a couple times a year. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say about the, um, the blades, uh, like clippers, like this looks like a clipper. I don't really know what it is, but it looks like a clipper. Those should be pretty safe, but you need to just be careful that you don't get um, run them too long because then you can clip or burn them. And then they have, you know, big things. Um, I'm not really going on my notes anymore, but I'm trying to. Okay, what? You can go to the next slide. Okay, so um, what number slide is this? 24. Thank you. Um, so where do we learn to take care of our pets? You can get some online. There's tons of information. Your local vet or vet tech or books from the library. You can go to the next slide. And um, you can go to your vet for the yearly checkup for any blood work needs to be done, vaccines, heartworm prevention, and also um, tick and flea prevention. You can go to the next slide. Let's see. So these are some prevention... Uh, preventative medications. Here's the front line. It takes care of fleas and ticks. Um, this is an advantage, and there's different um, sizes for, you know, kittens and cats, you know, the bigger it gets. Um, cats and puppies, that kind of thing. HeartGuard is going to help with uh, preventing heartworms. And then this is Remedil. It's an anti-inflammatory, and there's all kinds of drugs on the market. But the big thing I want to say is here, um, if your dog is sick, do not give him any of your medications. They are not good for them. You can go to the next slide. Here's a few. I didn't put a whole lot on here, but worms that you probably don't want to see. And this is why we give them those other medications. But the, in, these are all intestinal worms here. And then these are what it looks like if there's worms in the heart. Kind of gross. You can go to the next slide. All that can be treated. So uh, if your dog gets sick, I know some people know what these are. E-collars um, helps them from licking and chewing. 
Um, here's a couple examples of bandages. There's a head and a front leg and back leg. There's some vet wrap. This little porcupine or hedgehog has a little wrap on it. These are little booties that can go over the bandages to keep them dry. It's really important if your dog has an injury and it needs a bandage that it stays um, dry so that the skin underneath isn't affected. You can go to the next slide. Um, oh, cool. I'm almost done. Um, stay cool. Um, so dogs like to play in the water and play around. I kind of skipped over a lot of stuff, but um, I think that's about it. Do you, you can go to the next slide. And then um, playtime, hopefully, uh, we've answered some of your questions. I know I went really fast, but if you have any more, you can let me know, and you can go to the next slide. Probably the end. Um, probably if you guys have questions, uh, you can ask me at the end or next time you see me in church. Okay, thank you. Okay, I want to make a couple of announcements. Okay, first of all, um, there's a petition on the table back there. If you'd like to sign it, it's for no taxpayer funding for abortion. <clears throat> and um, that's going to be there, I think, through this Sunday. And then also, I want to thank everybody who gave toward the tornado relief for the military families at Fort Leonard Wood. And if anybody wanted to give and they just forgot, um, you can write a, a, a check to Summit Church or just use an envelope back there and just write Summit Church on it. And then be sure that you put tornado relief on it. And we'll make sure it gets to, um, it's called Operation Homefront, and it's here in Fenton. And they um, take care of mil military families. Um, and their needs, and um, you can go to their website. I think it's in the bulletin. It's really, really a great organization. So anyway, you've all received one of these notebooks. And that one, one thing that we found in uh, when we did our survey is a lot, a lot of the ladies, it's really weird having this right in your face. <laughs> a lot of the ladies really enjoyed the Bible study aspect of the higher standard meetings. So this, um, you're going to have this all year, and it's going to assist us in studying the Bible and remembering what we've learned. And also, it'll give you homework each time or some additional scriptures to look up. So if you want to turn it to the page that it says, um, Higher Standard, Why We Exist, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. I thought at the beginning of the year it might be good to review um, why we have a Higher Standard Women's Ministry. Um, sometimes people ask why we don't do certain things at the meetings. It's because we have a really specific purpose. Um, so uh, as we go on tonight, you'll be able to fill in some of these answers. Um, but I wanted to review why this ministry exists. It's for a very specific purpose. Um, I'd noticed over the years, um, born-again, spirit-filled Christians, Christian women acting totally out of line with the scriptures and seemingly not even aware of what the scriptures say or, or not, even, not even mattering to them, uh, not even caring that they were violating God's word. 
Uh, Christian women that I've known or been acquainted with over the years have committed adultery, had problems with pornography, played internet sex games. Um, many years ago, we had a teenage girl make an appointment with Pastor Terry and I, and we sat, sat down with her, and she wanted us to convince her mother to stop having sex with the next-door neighbor, who was a married man. <clears throat> and um, the mother would not stop, and the poor teenage girl was just, you know, broken about it. Um, but the lady was a Christian woman. Um, we've known women that couldn't accomplish ever cleaning their house or having a meal ready for their husband, um, even though they had no children or no job and they were in good health. We've known Christian women that look down on others because they homeschool or because they don't homeschool or because they work outside of the home or because they don't work outside of the home. Um, or in other words, they're just judgmental. Uh, we've known women that are uh, so inflexible and headstrong that it's um, hard for anybody to work with them. We've known Christian women that are busybodies and that are gossipers. Um, several years ago, uh, one one family felt like the Lord was telling them to go to a different church. For personal reasons, they were pounded with phone calls from ladies from this church. Um, to the point that they had to stop answering the phone. And they told us some of the things. People would call them and say, are you having marriage problems? Is your husband cheating on you? <laughs> Is it because you can't stand so-and-so at the church, right? Or, Did you find out the pastor's doing something wrong? And they got so many phone calls from ladies from this church that they had to stop answering their phone. Christian ladies. Christian ladies were doing that to this poor couple. Um, we've seen young women... You know, they get out of high school and they just lose their love for, for the Lord and for his word. And we've also seen a lot of women that think they're so spiritual. They're always talking about what God's talking, saying to them, but they'll never lift a finger to help anyone. So through this ministry, the department head ladies and I wanted to encourage women to commit to raise the standard that they have for their life in thought, word, and action. And that's what we've tried to do this last year, and that's what we're going to continue to do in this coming year. We also want to provide a place where we can develop friendships, learn some practical things, like we have in this last year. We've learned about diet, health, finances. Tonight we learned about pet care. We've learned about so many very interesting things. And we also want to provide a place where ladies can pray together. And... Um, as I've already said, I've noticed over the years many Christian women not coming even close to living according to the biblical standards that God has given us. And Christians as a whole, at least in the United States, has given a very poor witness to the world. Um, there's not a lot of people that have this longing desire to become a Christian because they see how wonderful Christian people are. And that's not good. That's not good at all. And that's not the way that God wants it, and it makes me very sad. In a lot of ways, it seems like the Christian church, Christian women have just lost their way. And I personally feel the need to do everything within my power to live according to scriptures and also feel the need to help other women rise up and honor God in their thoughts, in their words, in their actions. And, you know, it's really, 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 really easy to look real spiritual when you come into church for an hour or two hours, one time a week. It's very easy to put on a front. It's very easy to look and act like something that you aren't once you get in the car with your husband or your kids or your friends. 
<clears throat> but if we do that, if we are one way in here and we act another way, as soon as we get out the door, we're just superficial Christians. And that's the very thing that turns most people away from the Lord. Many times we have only one chance to affect certain people and one chance only to make a difference in their life. And what we do in that one chance make, may make the difference between them spending eternity in heaven or spending eternity in hell. And it's, so it's very serious. What we do is very serious. Um, so you might want to know exactly what superficial means. And according to the dictionary, a superficial person is of or being on the surface. It's a person that's shallow, and they seem that way only at first glance. In other words, if you're a superficial Christian, you just look that way if somebody's just looking at you for a second or two or, you know, for an hour on Sunday morning. Just superficial, just on, on the outside. I heard someone say one time that superficial Christianity is what we are involved in. It's kind of like, well, I'm going to be a Christian, but I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to determine the morals. I'm going to determine what I decide to watch on TV or what I listen to or what I say out of my mouth. I'll determine that, and if it seems right, I'll do it. But supernatural Christianity is what God's involved in. So if I'm a supernatural Christian, everything that I do is determined by the Lord by his spirit, by his word, and not by what I feel like or what I think is right. I've heard some people say, maybe of a certain person, that they're so spiritually mature, or she's so wise, and I just shake my head because I know what they're like behind the scenes, and I know that that person has been fooled by a superficial Christian, one that looks that way for a church service, but maybe, maybe they just look that way because they're really good at pointing out faults in other people. You know, if you find a person that is telling you what is wrong with somebody all the time and you think, oh, my gosh, they have so much insight, you know, they, they can really see. No, what they have insight to is fault-finding. If you have somebody, if you think somebody's spiritual because they can point out everybody's faults, they're not spiritual. They're fault-finders. So you need to be careful about that. <clears throat> um, Another way to say it is that many Christian women have become hypocrites. And a hypocrite, and this is on your paper, is defined as an actor, a pretender, a person who pretends to be what he or she is not, one who pretends to be better than is really so, or to be pious, virtuous, without really being so. So we can pretend. Megan, can you come up here a minute? <clears throat> Okay, I'm going to pretend that I love Megan. She is so sweet. You know that Megan is really a nice girl. I really think that, and she's a good student. Did you know that? And I love to talk to her on the phone, and I love her curly hair. Okay, now go sit down. Now, do you know that Megan? She irritates the living daylights out of me. I can't stand her. I hate that curly hair. Do you know that she, she cheats on all of her tests? Yeah, and do you know that her parents don't like her? That was all lies, of course. <laughs> but do you know that as Christian people, we do that a lot? And that's being a hypocrite. And it's very, very, very important that we're not hypocrites. And sometimes if we can illustrate it, you can see it because you've probably done it a time or two yourself. <laughs> 
and we don't want to be acting that way. And we want to be conscious, you know, if we see some people acting that way, understand what's going on. Another, um, another way to describe it is, is Dr. Jekyll, who's a female Dr. Jekyll, because we're females in here, and Mrs. Hyde. I don't know if you remember the story, but Dr. Jekyll was uh, a good doctor and wanted to perfect his character and he drank this potion and became Mr. Hyde, who was not a good person. And we don't want to be Dr. Jekylls and Mrs. Hyde's or Miss Hyde's. We want to have the same character no matter who we're with, what we're doing, whether we're at home or the job or at church. We want to have the same character, the character of Christ. And I know that you know, as human beings, we've all done it at one time or another. We've been hypocrites. But our goal is to <clears throat> decrease those episodes of being hypocrites. And to be a supernatural Christian is what we want to be, right? Supernatural Christianity requires us to be radical Christians. Does anybody remember from our past sessions what radical means? Oh, it's up on the board. So you don't have to guess. It means going to the foundation or source of something, fundamental, back to the basics. Now, when I think of radical, I think of pink hair, you know, piercing, you know, uh, wearing leather, all leather, all the time, and, and tattoos, and, you know, that's what I think radical is, something bizarre or freaky or, or out of the ordinary. But the Webster's Dictionary definition of radical means going back to the basics, going back to the fundamentals. And I tell you what, in this day and age, anybody that does that is a radical, radical Christian. Someone that actually believes the Bible and does what it says. And that's what I want us to be here at Summit. And Jesus, that's what he did. He taught us to be radical. He taught us to walk in love, to walk purely, and to walk according to the word of God. One thing that we're supposed to be doing here on this earth is reflecting God's glory. We're to be reflecting the glory of God. And sometimes we just need to take a step back and think, am I reflecting God's glory? Or am I letting all the trash from the world, all the trash from what's going on, all the, you know, is that what is coming out of me? You know, anger, frustration, tiredness, whatever, is that what exudes from me or is the glory of God exuding from me? And the glory of God is supposed to be just shining out from us. Um, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 3.18. It talks about the glory of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So that's what's supposed to be happening to us. We're supposed to be transformed into his likeness so that ever-increasing glory is seen on us. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I think that that would attract a lot of people to the Lord. And that's what we want to accomplish with the Higher Standard Women's Ministry is to help us to not be hypocrites or superficial Christians, but to be radical, supernatural Christians, getting back to using God's word as the standard for our thoughts, words, and actions. Now, <clears throat> is living according to the word of God easy or hard? 
It's very hard, <clears throat> and it takes constant and long-term training. We have some athletes here. They know that they can train for one race, but the next race down the road, they can't go on the previous races training. They have to train for that race, too. You always have to stay in training. Uh, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. The Bible tells us that we have to train ourselves. 1 Corinthians 9.24 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into, into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So we're going into strict training to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Sounds pretty serious, doesn't it? Now, it doesn't mean that we get out baseball bats and hit ourselves. It means when we want to eat something that we really shouldn't eat, we you know, we beat ourselves up. We say, no, I'm not going to eat that. And we shut the door and we walk in the other room. And Or if we don't want to exercise and we're tired, we say, I'm going to get up. You know, we, we have to train our flesh. And our flesh wants to live according to the flesh. It doesn't want to live according to the spirit. So we have to make it, you know. You get on the phone and somebody starts talking to you about so-and-so said such and such. You have to say, no, I'm not going to listen to this. Excuse me, I've got to go. <laughs> and that's hard because a lot of times you want to say stuff and you want to hear stuff that is not becoming of a Christian. But your flesh loves it. It's really interesting, right? It's really interesting. And it might really be helpful to know all that junk, right? But it's not. We have to train ourselves. We have to remember when we're, when we're talking, when we're listening, when we're doing things, when we're eating, when we're, you know, at our work, at home, that everything that we do needs to glorify God. We need to stick with the Bible. And we had talked about, well, how do we judge if we're doing things right or not? We talked about four tests. And so we're going to keep going over those because I want us, when we're, when we're, you know, out about our day and we start talking about someone wrong or we start thinking about something wrong or, or whatever, that we think about these four tests and we evaluate ourselves. The first one is the love test. Are our thoughts, words, and actions, do they pass the love test? In 1 Corinthians 13, Verse 4 in the Amplified Bible, it says, Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Wow, there's a lot of things in there that, you know, if we're going to start screaming at somebody, whew, 
love isn't rude. <laughs> I better think, you know, you can say a lot of things and just figure out a different way to say them um, and, and accomplish the same thing, but say it in a way that is polite or kind. You know, um, love doesn't keep any record of wrongs. We, you know, a person walking in love doesn't have a registry in their brain with a list a mile long of what so-and-so did to me. They can't run, they can't, you know, those things are forgiven and forgotten. Love always protects. You know, if somebody's going to come up and do to Megan what I just did to her, love is going to protect her. It's going to say, excuse me, but as far as I know, Megan is our sister in the Lord. And we don't talk bad about our sisters in the Lord. They're our family. We protect them. We need to remember these things. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. If you've ever heard someone say something about somebody, and you were excited about it, and it was something bad, then we're violating the scripture. We don't want to do that. And these things come, are in our, you know, all of us have to deal with stuff like this because we have human natures, but we need to really guard our hearts and make sure that we're walking according, that everything that we do passes the love test. The second test is the faith test. Let's turn to Romans 14, 23. And the Bible says, this is the Bible, it says, everything that does not come from faith is sin. You might think, well, what in the world does that have to do with my thoughts, words, and actions? Well, worry, that's not faith, okay? Fear, that's not faith. Anxiety, that's not faith. Inferiority, that's not faith. Insecurity, that's not faith. Low self-esteem, that's not faith. And we could, you know, you could keep going on and on. None of those things pass the faith test. And therefore, the Bible calls them sin. So we need to recognize that and we need to remember that. Also something that is not of faith is people that are obsessed with doom and gloom type of things. Um, the world is ending. I mean, a lot of it, you know, there might be some truth to it, but if it, if it uh, brings about fear in your heart, you need to be careful of it. You know, the currency is going to collapse. The world is ending. You know, uh, the computers are all going to crash. You know, there's chemicals in everything you eat. You're going to die of cancer. You know, <clears throat> you all have heard, you know, all that, you know, everybody's going to have a gun and, you know, everybody needs to get a gun because everybody else has a gun so we can all shoot each other. <laughs> but things, things like that, I mean, there are some truth. There's some truth in probably a lot of it. You know, you do need to watch what you're eating. You need to wash your fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. But if stuff like that, you know, births fear in you, you need to stay away from that kind of doom and gloom stuff because it doesn't pass the faith test. Okay, um, the next test is the purity test. Do my thoughts, words, and actions pass the purity test? Romans 13, 14. It says, Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. 
In other words, we're supposed to be pure. And, you know, basically, when we think about purity, a lot of times the only thing that we think about is sexual purity. And that, of course, is very important. We need to be really careful about what we're watching on television. And we need to figure out ways to be careful (laughs) because you can watch the evening news and things come up that are just unbelievable. So we have lived in a society where things are flashed before us all the time. Um, Just going through them all, and you have to go by Victoria's Secret and and, uh, the poor husband or boyfriend he has to go like this, you know, because it's just right in front of them. We live in a society where, and it's not the first time in, in, in uh, history that that's happened. I mean, it happens over and over again. But we have to be careful not to let the standard of this world right now be our standard. Um, if it's customary to wear skin-tight clothes with your cleavage showing, and that's just the style well, I'm sorry, that may be the style, but that's not a Christian style because we're pure. Um, it might be the style to make um, uh, crude uh, sexual jokes, you know, that it's just, just, that's what everybody does. It's just kind of the way it is right now, but that's not what Christians do. So we need to be sure that we're um, clothing ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and making sure that our thoughts, words, and actions are pure. And the last one is the fruitful test. Are our thoughts, words, and actions bearing fruit for God's kingdom? In Colossians 1.10, it says, Then the way, and this is the, in the New Living Translation, it says, Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. We want to be producing good fruit for God's kingdom. The most important good fruit, of course, is souls. We want to be winning more souls to the Lord than we ever have before, and we will. The more we radiate God's glory, the more we walk in love, the more people will be hungry for what we have. So can anybody tell me the four tests? Love test, faith test, purity test, and fruitful. Good. Someone had suggested that I write a song with those in it so we could remember, and I'm working on it. Because I think it'd be, when I worked in children's church, I always wrote songs to help the kids remember scripture. And I still remember the songs from back then. So we're working on that. Anyway, so as a review, through this ministry, we want to be more aware of being led by the Spirit of God and refusing to be led by our flesh. We ask all of the ladies of Summit to make a fresh commitment commitment to God to live a higher standard in thought, word, and action. So what I have done is on the back of your notebook, I have written a higher standard pledge. And sometimes if we say these things out of our mouth, it helps us to remember to do them. So we're going to, after every higher standard meeting, we're going to do this. So I want you to join with me. You want to all stand up? Let's read it together. I commit to live a higher standard in my thoughts, words, and actions. I was made to reflect God's glory. I will go into strict training to get a crown that will last forever. I will train my mind to think about things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, 
excellent, and worthy of praise. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of my tongue. I will use my words to bring life. I will not let any unwholesome talk come out of my mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up, that it may benefit those who listen. God created me to do good deeds and has given me the ability to do good deeds. I commit to let my actions glorify God. I will test my thoughts, words, and actions with the following four tests. Are they pure? Are they fruitful for God's kingdom? Am I in faith? And most importantly, are they motivated by love? People will know I am a Christian by the way I love my brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I am trusting to lead more people to the Lord this year than I ever have done before. Amen. You agree with that? Amen. Well, we trust it's all going to happen. Praise God. Well, you can all be seated. God is good, isn't he? I love the Lord, and I want to glorify him with my life. He's, he's done so much for me just, just, just in salvation. He's done so much for me that I owe him everything. I really do. Anyway, when you came in, you were given, did you all get a little sheet of paper that says, Ask Beatrice Blossom? What we're doing is we're going to have uh, a special guest at next um, month's meeting, and she's going to come from time to time. She is an expert in just about any field you can imagine. She's highly trained, and she's very smart, okay? So you can ask her anything you want. Okay, and I think you will be amazed at her wisdom. Okay, you can ask her anything you want. And we might not be able to answer all the questions if, you know, 100 come in, but we'll answer all that we can. Okay, and I think it would be really wonderful. There's a box on the table. Just put your questions in that. Okay, and you have until February 13th. And you can put in as many questions as you want, and they can be about anything that you want. Okay. Understand? Yes, they will. Yes, they will. Okay, and now we're going to have Pat come up. 